The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Blues guitarist Jimmy Vaughn made a huge name for himself when he formed the fabulous Thunderbirds with hits like Tough Enough and Wrap It Up and has since had a great time playing with other artists. He recently released an extraordinary lifetime of music in his five-CD box set. Now there is word of a new album and tour as Jimmy Vaughn returns to The Fake Show right now. Jimmy, welcome back to the show. It's so great to uh, talk to you again. I'm, I'm hearing that you're you. writing new music and laying down tracks for a new album, yes? Yes, uh, uh, yes. We, had the, we have the box set out right now. Yeah. And uh, we're, uh, we're promoting that. We did a lot of shows this year, and uh, we're getting ready to go back in the studio for next year. Everything goes on and on. We're having a great time. That's good to hear. I have that five CD box set, the Jimmy Vaughn story, probably sits on my shelf. And it goes all the way back to the mid-60s. What does it feel like to listen to you as a kid? It must be pretty interesting. Yeah, um, well, it's um, exciting to uh, hear what you're the thread, if you know what I mean. Like, right. Uh, when, when I first started playing, I realized that if I was in a room with all my heroes, guitar players and other musicians, and and if if we did a roundy roundy and it got to me, what in the world would I do? Because they were all watching, right? Uh, I started asking myself, what do I do musically speaking? If you ask, if you're a musician, you're learning, and you ask yourself that question, it will answer you. So that's what's the big reveal. Back then, when I was a teenager, it, uh, it works. Yeah, it works. I was going to say, that's pretty deep stuff, though, for a teenager. And and by the way, going into the studio for the first time, that had to be a little strange also for a, for a teenage kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was, it was both exciting and scary at the same time. Yeah. You know? Like that. Jimmy, what do you recall about that first uh, white Stratocaster that you bought in the 70s and, and what that meant to you? Well, I, I, I always played Gibson uh, at first. And then I kept looking in the window in Dallas at this one particular music store at this uh, Stratocaster. And so I finally bought a used one. You know, I love the Stratocaster. I love the Fender guitars, and you can't tell. Uh, they're very weird-looking, and they, they look like a rocket ship. You can't tell whether they're a lamp or a, or, or a spaceship, if you know what I mean. So they're, they're really cool uh, when you look at them, and then they sound good, too. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I the whole thing has been a dream come true. I seem to recall you because I've I've seen you in concert a few times that you had this picture of a pinup girl I guess it was on the back of the guitar so that when you played it behind your neck people would see it. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, it was a it's a sticker. You know like if you go to the dime store and you and you remember those old stickers yeah. that you could buy. I think they still have them. But I don't even know if they still have dime stores, but that's where I got it. Yeah, they have dime stores, but they're dollar stores now, Jimmy. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> when you were growing up, uh, you had uncles who were playing, what, country and Western, you know, artists like Bob Wills. So how did you kind of gravitate towards the blues from that? Was it people like B.B. King and some of those guys? Yeah, well, it was the radio. I used to listen to the radio a lot, and I used to listen to uh, WXRF or WE. When it was Wolfman Jack. Right. They would come on late at night, and I would, I would listen to him. My little transistor radio, if you clicked it on, you could hear it, and uh, you could hide it from your parents, you know. Yes. They wouldn't know, because you're supposed to be asleep. Yes, you're making me very nostalgic. That's exactly the same thing I did. <laughs> um, you, you and Stevie would get together, listen to records in the bedroom, and was that how you learned how to play by listening? Well, I, I learned how to play from listening and watching and just trying to figure it out. I'm the oldest, so I actually started playing guitar first. And then I, I talked my father into moving the record player into the bedroom, started uh, you know, trying to imitate the records that, that I would get. You have a very distinct style. Uh, when, when I look at you on stage, the way that you hold the chords, it, was there a certain artist that you kind of modeled your, your playing style after? a lot of local guys that uh, I would listen to, and uh, also um, i go to the State Fair of Texas, and they would have, uh, you know, the, the country and western guys, Bob Wills, and all the guys would play, Yeah, and I would just be into uh, Light and Hopkins, and uh, there was a band, a local band from Dallas called the Nightcaps that were really great. They had electric guitars, and they do everything. They would play, you know, blues, T-Bone Walker, and things like that. So they were a big, a big influence too. I got to see people play, and my uncle would show me things, and uh, so it was all around. You're absorbing all that. You know, I think it was you were what 15 or 16 when you were in the Chessmen, and you were opening for people like Hendrix and the Mamas and the Papas. Yeah, I was actually. <laughs> I got at the band, and uh, they were uh, they were twenty one. It was great. It was great. I got to meet a lot of my heroes, and uh, got to go in the studio with them. I was on my way in my mind, you know. What did you see though when you're opening for someone like a Hendrix? Did you get to actually spend time with him, talk to him at all about the way he played and stuff like that? Well, I mean, you you watch him. And then you, uh, you, you, first of all, you can't believe that you're there, you know. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a thrill and a learning experience, all that, that kind of stuff. Every time you see one of your heroes. So, uh, and I had a lot of them and still do. But mostly it was learning off the radio and their records. Yeah, and maybe at a certain age when you're that young, you're, you're too young to be as scared as maybe you should be. I don't know. That's true, too. Uh, That's true. The 2023 tour, where will that take you guys? I mean, uh, what is coming up? Do you know a lot about the tour yet? Well, uh, there's going to be a lot of festivals. I don't know the the date. Yeah. uh, The booking agent is putting all that together. But um, there'll be festivals. Hopefully, I'll get to do shows with uh, some of these guys that we did last year. But I don't know yet. We do have plans to record and tour next year so just like this year 
Yeah, the tour, the new album coming soon, and that great box set that I can attest to as, as being so much great blues stuff on this. You can get it at Amazon.com and JimmyFawn.com. Jimmy, stay well. Always nice talking to you, and good luck with the tour and album. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I always love talking to Jimmy because he is a walking history lesson of the blues, and he has such respect and reverence for the artists who came before him. Well, that does it for this episode of the Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you again next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. Fake Show.com.